AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. To we knows parenting. I'm Peter McNerney, and I'm Beth Newell. We are parents. We have kids. They are two and four. Their names are Maven and Bryn. You're all caught up. That's the context. New listeners. That's it. We've had a lot of new listeners in the past couple weeks. It's been very exciting. A lot of new listeners. A lot. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the party. It's, it's nuts pretty so. crazy in here. We talk about kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know what we're doing, and that's sort of our thing. <laughs> um. Yeah. A lot of the listener mail we get. Um, it's not surprising, but a lot of like, thank you so much for not being afraid to admit how terrible you are at being parents. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said, did you say in the last episode you were like, that was not my intention to not know what we we're talking about. And I was like, no, that was my intention all along to make this a podcast about the gray area. I guess parenting. that's not what I meant. Uh, I didn't expect <laughs> us to be experts, but, um. I, 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 I guess I didn't, didn't I didn't think that like people would love love to hear about people failing people love vulnerability and that's like scientifically proven like they are drawn to people who are vulnerable and yet we all are constantly putting on a front of knowing what we're doing it's true it's, it doesn't make us likable but we think it does well you don't want uh you don't want people you want people who are vulnerable 
But you you also want people to be a little bit of a little bit ashamed of their vulnerability. It's that balance of confidence and humility. You know those people that are just not, like no, opening not ashamed, up. not ashamed. Just you're like right. Aware, that's too strong a word. Aware that they're humble. We like people that are com- have a healthy balance of humility and confidence. You you're go dis- too far. You're in, describing uh, vulnerability. <laughs> well, I mean, not exclusively. If you're a hundred percent vulnerable, then it's obnoxious. No, that's not true. Oh, yeah. Well, Guys, you, send us your stories. I'll love them. Peter will hate them. I'm like, just don't force your problems <laughs> on me. But if you show me that you are like are not trying to put them on me, then I'll be like, now I empathize even more with you. I'm going to say this with certainty, a fact quoted to be by someone who read an article that people love vulnerability and they are drawn to it. Oh, I, I, I agree. But that's too generalized a statement. In general, I agree, though. <laughs> Uh, you're, what, so what you're saying is that in general you agree if that is proven to be correct but in circumstances where it's proven to be incorrect you did disagree it's a matter advance. of relativity somebody who's just always like always <laughs> vulnerable and like telling you what's wrong yeah. with them I'm like give it a break don't force all of your problems on all of us all the time in conclusion you Peter McNerney are with us on this point until the one uh, re- time when it is proven wrong and then you were against us it, historically that is a fact it's on record I stopped listening anyway alright let's get into it week in review I want to start with a, a quote from Bryn Bryn has started saying something and I've heard him saying it multiple times now and we were at dinner and I got him some uh, grapes and he picks one up and he looks at it and he like holds it up like a Hamlet holding uh, Yorick's skull and he goes, hmm, I love a good grape. And popped He's it into his mouth. said so many weird things this week. He, I don't even know what he said, but he walked in the bedroom the other day just like with his most pompous, serious air on and was like strutting into the room. And he just, he probably just said something like, I'm ready to watch TV or something. But like, I laughed at him and then he was like, what? He was like embarrassed and he knew he was doing it, which is just a constant a thing you also do, which is just like <laughs> walk in performing. This is a very relatable thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that like people like to be in control of laughs. Like I like <laughs> to make people laugh. And Bryn loves to make people laugh. But that line between uh, I'm making you laugh and you're laughing at me. Like, if he yeah. doesn't understand why you're laughing, he's pretty sure he still wants you to be laughing. But part of him is like, you're not laughing at me, are you? Yeah. He he's does. Like, no, he don't gets get me wrong. mad. He's, he'll like, he enjoys the laughter and then all of a sudden hits a point and he literally turns to us and says, stop laughing at that right it's now. It's not funny. Yeah. He, I was, uh, picked him up from school today. And on the way back, Bryn, I was holding Maven and we were all pretending to be horses. So I was galloping with Maven in my arms and she was laughing hysterically. And then Bryn goes, I'm a horse. And he was running on the sidewalk and he fell uh, on the sidewalk and he landed on his hands, but he was okay. And he gets up, but then Maven laughed. And then Bryn goes, it's not funny. (laughs) And I try to have a conversation with him about, she was laughing with you, not at you. And he was not having it. Yeah, he's really trying to be in control of the laughs. So this week we took our family to Brooklyn, way far away. Way far away. To uh, 
our our closest friends in the world's house. It was a better drive actually than the last times I've driven to Brooklyn because it was like it was a Saturday under an hour maybe. It was no big deal. I know, but I've driven in on Saturdays and you just never know. Saturday, this, this horrible can be unpredictable. Godforsaken city we live in. It can just Ooh, should, take... we, should we do our traffic segment? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. You're going to want to take the BQE on a Saturday afternoon. I, is this a universal thing where I grew up? They would call it traffic on the threes, and then it was like the that was your it was like station. three past the hour, and they would tell you the traffic report. Well, there's I've heard traffic on the nines. Okay, well that's wrong because <laughs> it's supposed to be traffic on the threes. Ooh, sorry, Boston. Ooh. Okay, so anyway, it was not bad. It was, and we saw our friends, and it was pretty low key, and it was people with kid with a kid. So it was Brynn and Maven, uh, hang who are. Four and two, hanging out with a one-year-old, a fourteen-month-old. Yeah, very confident, um, pretty verbal. Yeah, one-year-old. There's, I don't want to discount the rest of the hang, which is like people we know and love. But one thing that I will say makes a huge difference in hanging out with people is having a kid because they just have toys. <laughs> the the fact that they're I thought you were going to say like because we can relate to no, the but topics. they have. A baby-proofed apartment with toys in it. Oh, yeah. And our kids, it doesn't matter what the toys are because our kids have never seen them before and that's magical and they're <laughs> okay. out of their minds excited. We have to talk about the fact that this uh, little girl has <laughs> a ton of toys that we gave to them because that's she's true. younger. And so Brynn immediately picks up a toy and goes, Daddy, she has the same toy that I had. I lost this. <laughs> yeah, he kept picking up her toys and being like, I used to have one of these, but I lost it. And we were like, well, I don't know. I mean. Yeah, it's so funny that she has all the same ones. <laughs> so Bryn really liked playing with her because I think she's not a threat. Like she's one. Well, I have to say that they're both Leos. You have to say that. I have to say that. You have to say that because they both it means nothing oozing leo energy. Oh my god. They both they're lighting up oh at attention. My god. She sees him being a little louder than everyone else in the room, and she's like, "That's a cool well, choice to make." Maybe I'm it's because on board. Her, I'm a Leo. Her dad is my comedy partner, <laughs> and we're on the same wavelength. Sure, 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 sure. You're responsible for this, but I'm saying that I'm saying it's not Leo. It's me. Her birth circumstances um, made her a Leo. Anyway, she's- in contrast, Maven was, I think, very much threatened by her presence and was not willing to play nicely. Yeah, I mean, Maven's just skeptical, and I get that about her. She's just, she's not easily won over. She's still, you know, weighing the pros and cons, and she's not, like, all all she's seen of this girl is that she's a one-year-old who doesn't know how to say any words and who tries to take toys. Yeah, and Maven's like, I nobody talk to me. There are so many toys here. I have yeah. to get through. And if Maven, you talk to me, I'm not going to get through all of them. Maven was like, there's off-brand Cheetos happening here, and there's toys, and I'm not just going to give that up for anyone. <laughs> but not Bryn. Bryn was confident in his in his placement in the hierarchy. He's Bryn top was dog in heaven because there was toys, there was people he knows, and he was talking about this in advance because I told him we were going to see Nick, and he's also reference Nick offhand who is your comedy partner but he said he says Nick, and Nick I are is in so trike funny. Saturday nights at the Magnet Theater Bryn always describes Nick as funny and I literally brought up another kid at daycare and at, or preschool and asked if he was funny and Bryn said no 
Nick is funny. <laughs> Nick is the only person in the world who is funny. Now, <laughs> so, that's Nick's thing, not anyone else's. So Bryn was in heaven and he was like basking in the attention and everything that was happening and the jokes. And like at some point he was eating a quarter piece of a bagel and he <laughs> walked into their bathroom and I walked by and he was just spinning around with his eyes closed, smiling. Like he was just like, I would not want to be anywhere else in the universe. This is to bring it full circle. This is very much in line with Bryn saying, oh, I love a good grape. <laughs> he loves to take food now and he'll put his chin up into the sky and then he'll bring the food down to his mouth and he'll take, close his eyes, take a bite and go, mmm, delicious. <laughs> oh, I made dinner tonight and Maven said to me, Daddy, this is the most delicious ever in the world. Wow. Well, Bryn came in the bedroom last night when you were putting them to bed and he said, I'm going to kiss mommy goodnight. And then he came in and kissed me and then he shut the door and said, have a good sleep. <laughs> He's like a grandpa already. Yeah. The last thing I will say, um, Maven, I've realized, uh, doesn't know her numbers. And Bryn knew all of his letters and his numbers so much earlier because he was the oldest child. Because you gave him nonstop number coaching. Yeah, and he loves it. And but he loves math now. Here's and what's interesting about this is that maybe <laughs> the other night I was reading her, or no, it was like afternoon, so I was putting her down for a nap and reading to her alone, and she was like, she wanted to read the numbers book. She got excited about it, and then like, this is like what's classically different between Bryn and Maven is like Bryn, when you were coaching him on numbers, he was just swept up in the attention and trying to give you a show. Yeah. And Maven, there was like a look in her eyes where she was like, I need to learn these numbers. Like she was, you could feel like a weight of responsibility because she was going through them. And then like, as you have said before, she doesn't really know with certainty past the number six. Seven, she, eight, nine. I think we cracked it tonight, but they've been difficult She's for her. She's getting better, but she like she would get past six and you would show her a number and ask her what it was and she <laughs> would like quietly whisper it because she knew she was wrong. She'd go, six? And she would go, four? <laughs> just like really quiet. And she's just, she's... She oh, knows it's wrong, a, but she she's says like just a hundred percent aware of like where she's measuring at at this moment, and she's like looking forward at how much work there is to be done, and she's really feeling it. Whereas wow. Bryn would just like shout out numbers, <laughs> maybe get them right he's or like, wrong. Thursday, yay! Yeah, like he didn't care, and she's she knows. I think you're projecting a little bit. But I think, I think there is I a bit of that I agree that I'm there. projecting a little bit, but I there is a way that she's studying or she's like, Six. she was like trying to get me to coach her the way you did. And she clearly was thinking about the way that you were going to coach her on this coming up. And she's like, I got to do better. Why do you say it's coaching? By the way, because well, I realized, I realized she has memorized the mistakes from the book because we did the same way. So tonight we got out the the squishy numbers and I think she cracked it. She enjoyed it, like having it in her hand. I have to recommend this to everybody in terms of like learning letters and numbers. We have these little foam like tub numbers and letters and just putting them in their hands. It's a tangible thing. I think they memorize with more parts of their brain. Well, I highly recommend it. Sometimes there's like duplicates and then they understand that like the there's a blue eight and a yellow eight and like yeah. eight does not mean like the blue thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so um, now she knows her numbers. 
She's very smart. This next segment is called We Don't Know. We Don't Know. This is where we share a parenting moment that uh, really illustrated that we don't know what we're doing. Okay, so um, you know how we love our kids and like in some way we're like, we don't what know what we're doing. What did you do wrong? What did you do? But in other ways, we're... What did you we, do? I think in general, we're like, our kids are great. We're fine. I didn't do anything. But so oh, I went, I went to day, school. Yeah, I went to daycare. Went to go pick up our kids and the head of daycare. Um, it's like, can we have a, a check-in um, about Bryn and um, his listening? And <laughs> just saying that, I knew instantly, oh, that super stubborn streak and like angry, selfish <laughs> child that like we haven't really fully dealt with. Who I just assumed like was not a problem at daycare and it was only at home. All the problems we've been putting off with our child and yeah, yeah. catching oh, up with us. That's he's that kid all the time. And I don't he's not with them as much as with us, I think, but he's I don't I don't know. Well so I was like, Oh, okay, f- sure. And then suddenly I'm like, Have there been a lot of problems and only now they're telling us? Um so Bryn will if he doesn't get his way He's four right now, and he is real stubborn, real quick, and he'll say no, 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 and he'll like run away. And once he calms down, you can have a really reasonable conversation with him. But but this woman was basically like, I'd like to meet, uh, and phrase it well, where she's like, so you can help us help him. <laughs> yeah, she. It's like. Weird news because she's right. Our son is uh, not receptive to yeah. <laughs> criticism. He's a four-year-old and he's really, uh, he's just like really in his own head in a way that I would also describe you as. <laughs> well, he's a combination of us, which is he's in his own head and he lives moment to moment. But also <laughs> if you say to him like, no, he he gets like, He'll, he like doubles down and if he feels manipulated at all like you suddenly it's like I will not be manipulated and that combo of the two of us yeah but like the not being able to like listen or appreciate like the greater good or the rationalization of direction is more you yeah well um, case in point so <laughs> I've been thinking all week like oh okay we're gonna talk and we're gonna have a meeting on Friday and uh, I have to I think she sees me as as like I've figured him out because I'm with him more, and so I'm like, what the am I going to say? The dynamics of daycare are very funny in the in terms of you dropping them off and them as, probably assuming that you're the more responsible parent. <laughs> no, I I think they I think they know I have more routines with them, which is true. Uh, so I'm like, what am I going to say? I have to fi- like, how do I communicate with? Uh, to them like how I deal with heading off Bryn's blowups so that's that's one thing but before that happened I came home and I talked to Bryn and I was like Bryn you know your teacher told me that um, you've been having some trouble listening and I saw him freeze (laughs) and he looked at me in the way that instantly it was as if a whole world of his 
are suddenly exposed. Yeah, he's really become very aware in moments like this recently. Or it's similar to when he's asking me to go to Smashburger or Cherry Tree, and then I say, "Hey, um, do you remember the last time we went there and you were total nut and <laughs> I, uh, you were trying to run out of the restaurant?" And then he's like, "Um, well, um." This time I will be good. Like he's like, yeah. I mean, in a good, there's a lot of it's good. Yeah, he's just. I think he really is starting to be able to understand time. I think time and time. Yes, the things have happened before. Understands like we remember things that happened in the past, and he's starting to like reconcile with that. Yeah. Well, so we. I had this conversation with him. What I I, what I did not want to do was go like Bryn. You are in trouble. I'm mad at you because I think a biggest tactic with Brynn is like if you show him that you are upset, then he's paying attention to the wrong thing. Yeah. If you draw a line in the sand, he's like, I'm winning this battle. Like he. It, it's not a line in the sand. It's it's a it's an emotion when it feels personal. If I come like I remain calm and it's matter of fact, I can I can give him boundaries and ultimatums when they're very successful. But it's when I'm tired and I'm like impulsive that I'm like, what? And I show him that like aggressiveness that it's like it's over. I But that's also why I think like sort of overstating the consequences backfires because you're like sort of like I'm a bad guy and I want to do all these bad things to you. And then he sort of like just goes into this reflexive mode of like. Yeah. So I've had a lot of success this week. I've been thinking about a lot. And so when he had a little meltdown moment over whatever, you know, I'm like, okay, it sounds like you need just some alone alone time. He's like, no. So I take him in his room and he like cries and pouts. And when I go back in there, I went and I was like, I start, I try to, uh, go backwards in time with him and I sit down and I calm down I get close to him and I just connect with it with him where he is in that moment and I say do you feel pretty upset right now and he goes yeah I'm like yeah I know why are you feeling sad right now and he's like because you said I couldn't do this thing and I go yeah do you know why I did that and he goes no <laughs> I'm like do you remember when you threw that bowl on yeah, the ground but, I mean and he, goes, he yeah. does this but sometimes sequencing sometimes you have to restart like the same step of this conversation like 10 times and be like, yes, how are you feeling? Are you, how are you feeling? How are you? Like, it's just like, take a breath and look into my eye. Like he's, you have to wait, you have to give him space until he's calm. And then you walk him back through it. And I had a really successful day with him where he's like, Oh, okay. So anyway, so today I was like, you need to listen to your teachers. Let's, I don't say you need to listen to your teachers. I was like, it sounds like something we should work on. You know, so when they tell you to do something, here's why. And then today he comes home and he, he, he remembers this because I was in the kitchen and he goes, daddy. And I could tell he's excited to tell me something. And he goes, I didn't listen at daycare and (laughs) pre-K. Well, it's funny because I think they're also talking to him, I think at, at uh, preschool about sort of like controlling your emotions Mm -hmm. and like taking breaths and stuff like that, which I think it's really helpful to have that conversation happening in multiple places yeah. where he can kind of be like, Oh, this is a thing. And not just like one person trying to stop me. From yeah. Doing and I think this is where, where our meeting with daycare could be really productive is if we're like, let's get on the same cage, same page about vocabulary <laughs> and he'll hear them both places. But so I, so I go, you weren't listening, huh? And I tried to not do the like, what you're in trouble. And I was like, 
tell him, um, um, well, what happened? And then he's like, oh, I got put in the kitchen, which is where like the timeout zone is at daycare. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, why did you get put in the kitchen? He goes, cause I, I was, I wasn't behaving well. I was like, oh, so you weren't listening? And he goes, yeah. Uh, I'm like, well, what did you do? And then I see him like r- really puzzle it through. And he's like, mm, I don't remember. <laughs> and I was like, well, what about a pre-K? And he remembers the punishment. He remembers why the teacher is mad because he's like not behaving, like bad behavior. And I was like, well, what did they did they say you couldn't? Did they say no? Were you being dangerous? And he's like, I don't remember. And I really believed him. I <laughs> that was like, sounds so much like you <laughs> when I get mad at you and you're sort of like backtracking hours after the fact, after you've like thrown a huge fit about how I'm wrong. <sighs> and then I'm like, do you understand what I was mad about? And you're like, oh, that's what you're mad about? You're like, I didn't stop to listen to what you're mad about. I was just freaking out. I have out. learned this. You got to admit, <laughs> I now that's the first thing I try to do. Is backtrack unless I'm too emotional and then I know I can't. I'll do it later. But it's also there's this there's this dead air between the thing that makes you mad because you won't say it then you'll stew on it and it'll explode about something else later. And well, there's, there's I'm this, visibly mad and you're ignoring it, but okay, you call th- it stewing. You think so? You are so. Let's not get into it. You. We're know both doing a lot better. No. I know this about me, but. Yeah. This is the game that men get to pretend like they don't see things, and it's- no, you that you like perfectly happy, but just want to watch TV looks the same as you want to kill me <laughs> a lot of the time. And then why are you skittish and making distraction moves away from? Because the- I'm always, I always assume you're mad at me. You don't. <laughs> uh, let's unpack that later. Uh, but so, Bryn is uh. Uh, he knows the pieces now and this is clearly and yes you're right this is the same problem with me <laughs> but it's it's tracing it back and I'm like oh let's this is my tactic from now on when something happens is to let him calm down get down to his level be on his team f- ask him about the moment he's in and then trace it back and then keep tracing it back until he can connect behavior with consequences every time is this a good idea? I'm asking you, mm-hmm. America or the world or wherever you are. I don't think it's bad. I just. Yeah, that's another part of me is like, whatever he's for, he'll be fine. It's just like hard to, um, it's hard to describe issues like this and like prescribe solutions when I think like if you don't have a kid like this who's like pushing the boundaries and I know all kids are to some extent, but if you don't have a kid who does it at a certain level, you don't really understand the problem other people are dealing with. Like I I know someone currently in my mom group who mm-hmm. her son is, he's just like not sleeping during the night. He's, they have, they're trying to figure out some sort of like undiagnosed sleep issue. So she, she put her Apple watch on him and tracked his sleep patterns for the night and realized he was not getting like any consecutive hours of sleep. And it just is explaining so many of his like behavioral issues, mm-hmm. which are not huge, but it's like it's maybe a small step above Bryn. It's just like him sort of like trying to make his friends laugh at school and like yeah. dancing and like doing things that feel a little bit dangerous. But he's just, you know, he's like a four year old. And he's also four. Yeah. And like 
you, I don't know. It just takes time to sort of like well, unravel things when yeah. you have a kid, kid. All kids have different issues and like they're not going to all respond. Yeah. One as size quickly. does not fit all. Well, I also think that like uh, both of, I think we were both very good kids. Like, well-behaved, we wanted to follow the rules. Yeah. And I think this is also a bit of middle two middle children trying to raise an oldest child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I also have to say it's because he's a Leo. <laughs> okay, and <laughs> the conversation's over. No, I want to say one more thing, actually. We were just in bed just now having a very adorable... Um, we're reading Where's Waldo all week. And... Uh, Bryn, you know, the classic novel. The classic Where's bedtime Waldo? story, Where is Mr. Waldo? Um, and I was like talking about behavior or something and it came up and I asked Bryn questions and he told me, and he goes, uh, I like to play with Maven at school and somebody, another boy wanted to play with Maven, but I didn't want him to play with Maven. Only I can play with Maven. And uh, I was like, what about your other friend? You like playing with him? And he goes, not as much as Maven. Brains of <laughs> Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh, that's really sweet about his sister. And then I, I explained to him that it's just, be- it's, I explained the concept of being selfish. <laughs> where I'm like, I think it's because you don't want other people to have things that you think are yours. And it's good to share. You can try to all play together. And he goes, but I only want to play with Maven. And it was a very difficult concept for him to be like, um, let's think about other people's feelings. He's probably also trying to control Maven in that moment. And I said, Maven, do you love playing with Brandy? And she goes, no. <laughs> She's really trying to like keep up with the big kids at daycare. I noticed in the like two seconds when I went to pick them up and Bryn was running close to the street. And this was probably the incident that triggered our, take her provider to schedule this meeting with us but she was like trying to keep up with them and like Bryn was like knocking her down and she was crying and like she like I also told last week the story of her trying to go potty in front of Mm -hmm. Bryn's friend she just like she clearly just like every all the younger kids that take her just like blur out in her field of vision and she's like focused in on the bigger cool kids like her brother and her friend, yeah. her brother's friend and she's just like i gotta be like that i like, did sh- there is a new girl at uh daycare that bryn says is the same size as maven and i asked maven who her best friend was and she said this girl's name and it's the first time she's mentioned someone to being her friend oh really so maybe it's a new era i hope so she <laughs> i have to say this is, this is gonna sound overly concerned but she doesn't have strong female friendships. <laughs> this and, might be the beginning. And when we were hanging out with our friends this weekend and their little one-year-old daughter, Maven was not cool. So you are a threat to me. <laughs> she is not mature enough to handle female friends. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a 
day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This summer, click into Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from Ryobi. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. Leaves and debris are no match for the 40-volt power of the Ryobi leaf blower. No cords, no gas, no hassle. Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This next segment is called Did You Knows? This is where we posit hypothetical parenting problems to each other. What? Do you know what this segment is? That's that's Would You Knows. I don't have a screen in front of me like you do. Dude, we've There's... done 24 episodes. This is Did You Knows. You've boxed me in with this insane looking <laughs> microphone stand. There's no room for a computer here. I'm flying by the seat of my pants. I'm, I'm just using, trying to make this I happen. I use my phone. I got my phone in here. It's very bright. Um, did You Knows. Um, this is where we learn a fun fact and share it. Okay. Maybe we'll do Would You Knows later. This Maybe. Ne- this next segment is called Did You Knows? This is where we share a fun parenting-related fact. All right. I read this in New York Magazine. Uh, so this was about a study that was done uh, regarding praise and how it affects children and their work ethic and the sense of themselves. Uh, so this study... It studied the effect of praise on students in a dozen New York schools. Uh, It was a series of experiments on 400 fifth graders, and it paints a picture uh, that's very interesting. So the researchers would take a single child out of the classroom for a nonverbal IQ test consisting of a series of puzzles. Puzzles easy enough that all the children would do fairly well. Once the the children finished the test, the researchers told each student Uh, his or her score then gave them a single line of praise randomly divided into groups some were praised for their intelligence they were told you must be smart at this other students were praised for their effort you must have worked really hard then the students were given a choice of test for the second round one choice was a test that would be more difficult than the first But the researchers told the kids that they'd learn a lot from attempting the puzzles. The other choice was an easy test, just like the first. 
Of those praised for their effort, 90% chose the harder set of puzzles. Of those praised for their intelligence, a majority chose the easy test. The quote-unquote smart kids took the cop out. Why did this happen? This quote, when we praise children for their intelligence, we tell them that this is the name of the game. Look smart, don't risk making mistakes. And that's what the fifth graders had done. They'd chosen to look smart and avoid the risk of being embarrassed. In a subsequent round, none of the fifth graders had a choice. The test was difficult, designed for kids two years ahead of their grade level. Predictably, everyone failed. But again, the two groups of children, divided at random at the study's start, responded differently. Those praised for their effort on the first test assumed they simply hadn't focused hard enough on on this test. They got very involved, willing to try every solution to the puzzle. Many of them remarked unprovoked, this is my favorite test. Not so those praised for their smarts. They They assumed their failure was evidence that they really weren't smart at all. Just watching them, you could see the strain. They were sweating and miserable. And finally, having artificially induced a round of failure, the researchers then gave all the fifth graders a final round of tests that were engineered to be as easy as the first round. Those who had been praised for their efforts significantly improved on their first score by about 30%. Those who'd been told they were smart did worse than they had at the beginning, about 20%. Fascinating. There's, um, I think... I want to say it's a TED talk about this sort of thing where it's like talking about having a growth model for education versus mm-hmm. this sort of like other model. I guess it's sort of it's the same it's essentially the same results as this study which is just like have kids focus on the fact that they can always learn more and do better instead of trying to like label them as smart or good or bad or whatever. Yeah. And it's like it's so true. It's just like you I don't know. You you do get <laughs> labeled as the smart kids or the dumb kids, and then you're sort of like risk averse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy, there. Because I'm thinking back to uh, being in school, and I did not see myself as. I thought of myself as smart, but I didn't see myself as a great student, and I couldn't freaking read. Or spell <laughs> until yesterday, but you were given, I think, a lot of encouragement in terms of like putting yourself out there. A hundred percent, a lot. Even though you were like <laughs> the dumb kid who couldn't read. <laughs> I <laughs> even though I was the dumb kid who couldn't read. You were. I mean, what am I? not going to parse words. You were the dumb kid, but uh, <laughs> um, I was not. I was not a good student until I was a fine student until until the middle of high school and i remember i got uh i was i was didn't perfectly fine and then i remember getting an a in chemistry which was supposed to be the super hard class that no one got an a in and i had worked really hard and i remember uh you're like oh my dad matter yeah he being like you worked really hard and like that's now part of my identity is that i dig into this and like i did really well in that and i'm still proud of it and it was the thing that i wasn't naturally great at. i I wonder like now like the thing i'm supposed to be great at are probably the things i worry i'm not taking risks with yeah i feel so when i was in middle school in like fifth grade which is really young they had us take tests you were in middle school in fifth grade 
Yeah, they had us take tests to apply to be part of the AT program, which stood for like advanced something. And it was like you would leave your classroom to go do these sort of like specialized, smarter, supposedly classes, like mm-hmm. creative learning stuff. And there was maybe like four different subjects you could try to test into. And they would be like something math science something like creative writing, something leadership-based I don't remember them all, but I know I didn't place into the leadership one because it kept asking you questions of like, are you comfortable, you know, speaking up and telling people what, you know, like leadership skills. And it's like, as much as I am grateful for the classes I got into and how that sort of like encouraged me to think outside the box, it's like really somewhat upsetting that me and so many other kids who didn't even probably take this test because they didn't want to come after school to take some random test or their parents didn't know about it or whatever. Like the leadership one is like a skill. Like I honestly, I feel like I've tapped into a lot as an adult, but like reluctantly. So, and I'm, it's weird that from a young age I was sort of like, well, I'm not cut out for that because (laughs) I didn't do well on this test and I'm not in that class. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that was the stuff that that's is what I saw about myself. I'm like, well, I can always tell people what to do. Uh, Leadership (laughs) stuff. Well, I'm realizing as I get older, because I went to a private school uh, and it was small and a huge benefit that, that um, I'm only aware of now is that there was none of that. Like it was so, so it, it, there was this air of like all of these class, the school has a great reputation. Everything is hard and there's very little like testing into groups. There was a far less categorization but, well, than a lot of public okay, schools. But like essentially the school is a categorization. Yes. And I see where it affects me in terms of how I viewed myself uh, in compared to everyone else outside of that. And that's something I think that I've had to think about and like, uh, uh, realize like how I am spoiled, blah, blah, blah. But within that community, within that learning environment, there was so little categorization because the school is so small. Everyone did all, all the different extracurriculars and like within classes, there was very little like testing into things. And um, like, cause all these worries you're talking about are totally foreign to me. And I think that was good for my sense of, I can do anything I want. And, uh, if I work hard, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's very complicated. It's like, um, you, I don't, it's hard to say you don't necessarily want everyone on the same track because people are coming to things with different skills, but it's, I think the current system and it seems to be still operating somewhat similar to this is like, you get locked in at certain points and there's not a lot of room to like move out of that. Mm-hmm. And there's like, especially like, I don't know what we now know about like kids development and stuff. And like so many different factors of like what could be affecting them on a given year based on like their mental health or their life circumstances or their economic circumstances, like so many reasons they could like not be putting their best foot forward on a certain six month period when they're being yeah. tested for something is like, it's just a lot to put on a kid that's like defining their future. But I think it for all humans, not just kids, but you know, especially kids that, uh, uh, you know, I think the American school system, one of the, the good things about it is it is more of a, like, 
learn a bit of everything until you really figure out what you want to do. And even in college, like, uh, you know, whereas like in England, you get on a, like your specific tract, like much earlier. Yeah. But it's not like, and I think the point is even for like kids are our kids age, attaching education to a sense of play, to a sense of their own curiosity and discovery in any way you can is the best possible way to set them up for actually absorbing information. And as soon as you like standardize things in this way and categorize a kid as good or bad at a thing, suddenly that's how they see themselves. Right. But like, I think what part of what you have to understand is like, okay, the American system is in some ways better than a lot of countries. It's also behind a lot of developed countries. Sure, It's, and the system is like, are, has arisen out of this need to like create docile factory workers, like people who can take commands and follow directions and like work in offices and do the jobs that like we as a society think are good jobs and necessary. And so, yeah, some good skills come out of that, but then there's a lot of other stuff that's lacking. And like our system is kind of insane in the sense that like how low it prioritizes foreign languages and like, how it doesn't teach kids how to understand nutrition or reproduction or how to cook a meal, you know, like how to, how to do their taxes. Like there's a lot of practical skills that it's kind of insane that in, uh, what is it? 13 years of schooling, 12 years of schooling, the kids don't learn these incredibly practical skills, but they do are forced to memorize like state capitals and like, State, it, state what? State capital. Capital. <laughs> the capital of Illinois. The spring of whatever healed. It's not a system designed for the public good, a hundred percent. I mean, it's also wildly different uh, all over the country, depending on your situation. Yeah, well, and it's also controlled now by textbook companies, which are controlled by. Oh boy, by politicians. Politicians. Oh, let's get into it. Anyway. I am trying to, with our children, um, be aware of that because I'm like, I'm quick to praise, but I want to be praising where I can the effort. Um, uh, I mean, if if they do something really cool, I'm going to celebrate it. I'm going to be like, I love this picture you drew. Like, you learned your numbers. Yay. Um, But I'm always going for the next thing, too. And I think Bryn really connects, like, with math. He learned something. I'm like, you want to learn about multiplication? And he's, I'll, I'll, I'll follow it as long as he is interested. And I think uh, that balance of being excited about their discovery and encouraging the next thing, without it being, uh, this isn't good enough. You need to go further. This is great. What else? And it's like generally yeah. the story pirates model, which is like, kid writes a story and you're providing feedback. It is that like. Wow, like it's so great that you did this. This is something really cool that you did. I wonder what else you yeah. could do here. Keep well, going. And it's like a weird balance because like our preschool asked us this questionnaire of like what Bryn's strengths and weaknesses are and what he responds to. And we were talking about how he really responds to attention. And yeah. they clearly, I think, tried to tap into that right away because they made him like line leader and calendar oh, leader. And they're sort of those he loves demonstrating for the class, like how to do things. So they really got on his good side and sort of like made him a proactive member of the classroom, which I think is great. But then on the other hand, I think similar to what our daycare uh, instructor 
runner is trying to say is like he also needs to understand just like basic rules and not like always be catered to you just you don't get your way you don't always get what you want and that's a really hard lesson for all kids but especially one that thinks he's as wonderful as Bryn does Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula, berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease this summer click into memorial day savings at the home depot and get after those outdoor projects with some serious cordless power from ryobi tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the ryobi 40 volt battery powered mower leaves and debris are no match for the 40 volt power of the ryobi leaf blower no cords no gas no hassle Tidy up those flower beds and keep your walkways looking sharp with Ryobi's 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Yard work, done and done. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. Shop now at The Home Depot or homedepot.com. How doers get more done. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This next segment is called Listeners Want to Knows. This is where we take some questions and thoughts from our listeners. All right. I got one email from Chris and Sarah from Wisconsin. I grew up on two different sides of Wisconsin, in Chicago and Minneapolis. Fun fact. Uh, All right. Hi, Beth and Peter. My wife and I love the podcast. We started listening after finding out my wife was pregnant. We are now first-time parents, and she gave birth to twins five weeks ago. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. Uh, We've been trying to get out of the house with them at least once a day to get them used to traveling with us, figuring out the routine. I've also gone out by myself a few times and would take one of our kids with me to make it easier on my wife in case a double meltdown happened while I was away. Now, at worst... Either of us only had to deal with one kid. And here comes my question. While I was out a couple of times, I struggled with doing the right thing 
What is the socially acceptable amount of time to leave your kid in the car alone? Is there a number even? We live in Wisconsin, so the weather uh, is in the 60s during the day right now. I stopped to get gas and went to get a coffee. I knew it would be quick, so I was going to leave baby in the car, but I didn't want anyone to judge me for leaving a child unattended, so I popped out the car seat and took him into the gas station with me for that quick uh, coffee purchase. Um, I don't know if it's a him. I translated the name to a pronoun and I made an assumption. So I'm just going to say them. Um, the same thing happened again while wanting to go into a sub shop and get some lunch. I knew that would take a little more time, but still I had fear that someone may see the kids and freak out, not knowing how long they were in the car. If the weather's not too hot nor too cold, and if the time is less than five, ten minutes, is it okay to leave them locked in your car for that time? Love, Chris and Sarah. I added the love. They didn't say love. Um, so this is like, I think I read an article about this a while ago, but I, I wish I remembered the title or what it was. But like the... I don't think there's a common um, clear rule of law on this, and it probably varies no. state to state. And a lot of it is determined by the judgment of the police officer or anyone who's involved yeah. in terms of you leaving your kid in your car. I don't know if you're asking about safety or law, but I'm going to answer the law part first, which yeah. is just that I think that's the main concern because you know your kid is probably fine for five yeah. minutes inside the car while you get a cup of coffee and you probably can see the car from where you're standing. But then you have to fathom what if someone sees me what if someone gets mad what if the police are you know yeah and that's the scarier part i think in this instance but oh, i i'll say i 100% support you living that kid in the car so you can go get a coffee but however he, it's not up to your decision cuz there are a bunch of people that are now so sensitive to that that they're going to call the police and is that worth it no and i think well, that's pretty bullshitty also, I but think you have to deal unfortunately with it. like the big thing you really have to consider with stuff like this is what is the color of your skin because if you're a white woman it's so much easier to talk yourself out of this type of situation with a police officer and well people, in this case a, a we don't you know what? I'm. I don't. I don't know what the race of these people are, but they're. They're picturing I, white Wisconsiners. I'm imagining white Wisconsiners. I'm also imagining if they were not white, they would not be asking this question because they're probably just erring on the side of caution, or they know the level of risk they're taking. Um, but it's just like it's so different yeah. if you're not white. Well, I, I recently read because this happened in my hometown, a suburb of Chicago. That someone let their eight-year-old daughter walk the dog around the block. And in the half block that the mother couldn't see the daughter, somebody called the police on her. And, and like child protective services had to come. And I'm like, this is the town I grew up in. I walked to school and I walked home for lunch and yeah. back to school starting in kindergarten. Because that's what everyone did. And that like... and. I remember we uh, a few years ago in Christmas time, we were all there and we were doing a, a neighborhood game of frisbee golf through the whole town, and the police pulled up and like, "What are you doing?" Like, "We're playing frisbee golf." Like, "Oh, that's fine." And then later, someone called the police on us, and this is an event that like my, my family has been doing for forty years. And I'm like, "What has changed?" Where suddenly someone like stopping in front of your house to pick up a frisbee is like call the police. Yeah. Well, I mean, that all of these events, too, I think what you have to 
fathom is not just like the judgments people will make about you in the moment that the police show up, but then in the event that Child Protective Services is sort of like putting you on watch, what are the types of judgments they're going to make about you in the coming months if they're like checking up on you? And what's like, because that's like, even if you're a squeaky clean person and you're white and all the biases are in favor of you, that's a stressful situation to be put under is knowing you're being watched for your fitness as a parent. And I think this came up in my mom group recently because we were talking about if people were testing positive for marijuana when they deliver their babies, which is sometimes a test they will run, which again is much more common if you're not white. And then you have to sort of like make this, people have to make these judgments of like, okay, well maybe my pregnancy is making me feel super nauseous and I'd like to be able to keep food down so that my kid can get food and maybe smoking pot would help me with that. But then I can't necessarily fathom like the cost of the anxiety of doing that thing because if I have marijuana in my system when I deliver this baby in several months and they do decide to test me for that, then will I be able to handle like the anxiety of having a newborn baby and all the stress that that entails while also not knowing if someone's going to take my baby from me? Even just feeling judged for it. I mean, when Bryn was an infant, like you, when you had him in a carrier case and you tripped on the sidewalk and like he hit his head yeah, and you went to the emergency room and they had to have, and this is like a low stakes version of it, but they had to have a, a social services person come and like, talk to us to make sure that we weren't neglectful parents. And it's scary. Even when it's like not, you're not being neglectful. Right. It's very scary. And I mean, they luckily the social services parent person who is, um, watching us have a conversation with our, um, doctor. She was sort of like quietly observing from the corner of the room. And she was like watching how we interacted with our kid. She came over afterwards and she was like, pretty nice and she was like oh don't worry when I uh had my baby she fell off the bed three times (laughs) and I was like three times that was like a real wake-up call to me of like how accidents happen because in in her defense our kids since then have fallen off the bed at least three times oh yeah 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 but this was when I had like a newborn he was like a month old and it was really scary it was really scary what happened was I was carrying him in like a baby Bjorn we had literally moved to our apartment weeks prior so I wasn't familiar with the environment I walked out the front door and I didn't really understand where the curb was aligned and I stepped off the curb not being able to see down because I had the baby Bjorn on and I uh, sort of like misstepped and fell and tripped forward and then Bryn's head hit the pavement. Um, and technically you cracked his skull. Technically. But it's not as bad as it sounds. a hairline fracture on his skull, which left me mortified and it was a really traumatic night. That but, was the same month where the doctor was like, he's got a weird heartbeat. You got to take him oh, to right, the, right. the He the also had uh, sort of a jaundice situation. He had high bilirubin levels, so we had to go get his... But blood once we found out, out his body. that his blood and his heart and his brain were okay, <laughs> we stopped worrying for the that rest of his life. It was a pretty stressful life. first yeah. month of having your firstborn. So, Chris, Sarah, you it's fine to leave him in the car, but don't because other people's judgment aren't worth it. You're, I think you just have to be aware of your surroundings and like... You have to know, unfortunately, you do have to do a calculation about where am I? What's the color of my skin? What's happening? Yeah, it's just, just don't let them, just don't let them, just keep them in your eyesight. 
There's no right answer. We promise. It's it's one of to those, not call the police. It's on one you. of those situations that probably just a, a bigger weight off your mind to carry the kid into the store with you. Unfortunately, and uh, get some sleep when you can, you guys. You're heroes. Get some rest. <laughs> This has been another episode of We Knows Parenting. If you can, uh, go to our website, weknowsparenting.com, where you can find uh, some merch. We have a new T-shirt with a baby that says, You Fucked Up, um, because that's what it feels like to be a parent sometimes. Yeah, and it's a reference to our earlier episode where Bryn uh, Bryn told me that I fucked up by turning off the TV on him. Yeah, I mean, in his defense, you you really fucked up by turning (laughs) off that TV. Uh, um, you can also please check us out on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. Apple Podcasts. They don't like it when you call it iTunes. That's where you buy music. Apple Podcasts. <laughs> you can email us in your question stories at weknowspod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. Facebook. Facebook. Find our, you know, find our personal Instagrams if you want to see uh, how funny our kids. We get videos coming at you all the time. Left, of our kids right, just left, being right, crazy, being so nuts. funny. Check out the Story Pirates' new album. Nothing is impossible. And please have a great day. Please. Bye. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Bye. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.